0: KPBS On Demand is supported by MaraCal Design and Remodeling, helping homeowners with their home remodeling needs. From ADUs to custom kitchen remodels and room additions, MaraCal Design and Remodeling designs and builds your dream home. Learn more at trustyourhometous.com.
1: Good morning. I'm Annika Colbert. It's Monday, September 27th, improving bike safety in San Diego. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. San Diego police are investigating an incident at Petco Park on Sunday where a 40-year-old woman and her 2-year-old son died after falling from the stadium's third floor onto the sidewalk below. Authorities have described the incident as suspicious and say out of an abundance of caution, they called in the San Diego police homicide unit. On Tuesday, the San Diego Unified School Board is set to consider a vaccine mandate for students 12 and older. Ahead of that, the board has received a letter from a local group threatening legal action over the plan. The group called Let Them Choose has protested mask requirements in schools around the county. The group's legal advisor, Scott Davison, says they're not opposed to vaccines, but that they want people to have a choice. Davison claims it would be illegal to pass a mandate without a personal belief exemption or to require unvaccinated students to stay off campus. The school board says it will address the matter appropriately through legal channels. The California State Fair is scheduled to return to Sacramento next year after missing two years due to the pandemic. Fair organizers have since announced that they plan to come back in 2022 with some new attractions, including awarding a prize for California's best cannabis. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. San Diego Mayor Todd Gloria has a goal of adding nine miles of protected bike lanes to city streets each year. The point is to make biking safer and more comfortable, especially for less experienced riders. But KPBS Metro reporter Andrew Bowen says for some families, the changes haven't come soon enough.
2: Are you-
3: Laura Keenan picks up her one-year-old son Evan, sits him down in her living room, and reads him a book.
4: He loves this book. (laughs) Touch your hand with the big hand? Yeah, I can't in the small hand.
3: Evan's big blue eyes keep darting from the book to our camera. His big smile belies a horrific tragedy this family experienced two weeks ago. Evan's father, Matt, was biking through Mission Valley when a driver, going the opposite direction, crossed the road's double yellow lines and struck Matt head on. Neither Matt's helmet nor his lights could save him. He died almost immediately
4: excited to see evan grow up and do all this stuff with evan Uh, like i mentioned he was going to take his first steps soon and matt wanted to teach him music and play sports with him and he's never going to be able to do
3: that laura knows her son will grow up not knowing his father but she's trying to keep matt's memory alive her husband was funny kind charismatic a caretaker And he loved biking. You
4: know, he'd ride to work. Um, He works in La Jolla, so he'd ride from North Park to La Jolla. He would ride his bike to go to the grocery store or just run different errands. It was just if if a day went by without biking, it was not a complete day for him.
3: Laura's husband was riding in a narrow painted bike lane when he was hit. She's convinced if the bike lane had some kind of physical barrier, a curb, even plastic posts, Matt would still be alive today.
1: Paint isn't protection.
3: Elizabeth Mayer is program manager for the nonprofit Bike SD. She says Matt Keenan's death shows many of the city's planned and existing bike lanes are inadequate, especially considering the city's adoption of Vision Zero, a campaign to end all traffic deaths by 2025.
4: There are certain areas that do not have protected bike lanes that we believe should. And I think that in order to meet the goals that they set, both for climate and for Vision Zero, there needs to be swift change.
3: Mayor Todd Gloria says he's speeding up the process of adding new bike lanes and improving existing ones with more protection. Last week, he announced Pershing Drive in Balboa Park would have new protected bike lanes next month. That came after two people, a cyclist and a scooter rider, were killed by drivers on Pershing this summer.
2: So the mayor can, to a certain
0: extent, redirect staff to different priorities.
3: Jordan Moore is a fiscal and policy analyst with the city's Independent Budget Analyst's Office. He says Gloria can order city workers to create new bike lanes pretty much anywhere if he decides they're urgent. Gloria's current budget also includes a new team of 12 staffers to design and implement nine miles of protected bike lanes per year. That's less than the 25 miles bike activists have called for. Moore says 25 miles are theoretically possible, but that would require a big shift in priorities and money.
0: The question would be, where would you find it and what would those trade-offs have to be? Because it really is a question of trade-offs and service-level impacts if you don't have new revenue.
3: In other words, bike lanes have to compete with all the city's other infrastructure needs, like filling potholes and fixing broken sidewalks. Beyond the financial challenges, new bike lanes in San Diego can be controversial. They sometimes require removing parking or a lane of travel for cars. (laughs) But Laura Keenan, now a single mother, hopes those who oppose protected bike lanes keep things in perspective.
4: If you were able to put this bike lane there, like maybe another wife and another son would have their husband and dad one day because it can save a life. And I would do anything to take this pain away from anybody else because it's just the worst experience, like worse than I could ever imagine.
1: And that reporting from KPBS Metro reporter Andrew Bowen. California's groundbreaking task force on reparations for black Californians met last week. KPBS race and equity reporter Christina Kim says the group is working on drafting a reparations proposal.
4: The California task force to study and develop reparation proposals for African Americans is a first of its kind effort to acknowledge and readdress racial injustice. Over the course of two days, experts and people who've personally experienced racism and its legacies shared with the task force. Secretary of State Dr. Shirley Weber authored the bill that created the task force. She said that while California lauds itself on being progressive, voter suppression still impacts Black
1: Californians. There is a proposition to be placed on the ballot to to now talk about ID voting. And we know that that's one of the new terms that's being
0: used. It's a Jim Crow law, pretty much like literacy tests and everything else.
4: The task force will meet again in October and has until 2023 to recommend a reparations proposal.
1: And that was KPBS Race and Equity reporter Christina Kim. Last Friday, Governor Gavin Newsom signed legislation officially paving the way to replace a statue honoring a controversial Spanish missionary with a new monument honoring Sacramento tribes. CAP Radio's Ed Fletcher has more.
2: The statue honoring the colonizing missionary Junipero Serra on California's Capitol grounds was toppled by racial justice protesters last July. It's been in storage since. The bill replacing Serra with a new monument was authored by the legislature's first elected California Native American, Assemblyman James Ramos. The new monument won't be erected anytime soon. Tribal leaders will first need to have a design approved by various agencies and secure funding to build and maintain it.
1: And that was Cap Radio's Ed Fletcher reporting from Sacramento. September is National Suicide Prevention Month, and the San Diego County Suicide Prevention Council just released their annual report. KPBS's Gabriela Fernandez-Silva has more on how society has begun to embrace conversations on mental health. Over the past few years, San Diego County has outlined a suicide prevention plan with nine strategies. They emphasize that while each one of us can help,
4: it is important to create a community of support and open discussion. Stan Collins is a prevention specialist with the Prevention Council. He says we must find the confidence to start these conversations
1: about mental health.
2: We have a lot of fears about if we talk about it we're going to cause it to happen and the opposite is true. Only by talking openly and directly about suicide can we ever hope to prevent it. And A lot of what I do is just getting people to trust their instincts and embrace their own abilities.
1: The annual report shows that San Diego County suicides in 2020 declined modestly compared to the previous year. But suicides went up amongst some demographic groups. Colin says if people need help, the San Diego Access Crisis Line is 888-724-7240. And that was KPBS's Gabriela Fernandez-Silva. Coming up, we're fact checking misinformation about breakthrough infections when vaccinated people catch COVID 19. Another Can You Handle the Truth segment that's next, just after the break. Reports about vaccinated Americans catching COVID-19 are energizing vaccine skeptics and leading to more misinformation. Cap Radio's PolitiFact California reporter Chris Nichols examined the facts about breakthrough infections in this week's Can You Handle the Truth segment. He spoke with anchor Randall White.
5: Chris, the COVID-19 vaccines authorized in the United States have been shown to be both safe and effective in preventing the disease. But there are rare cases where vaccinated people have contracted the virus, these so-called breakthrough cases. Give us an idea of some of the false claims that are making the rounds.
2: Hey, Randall, the breakthrough cases really are fueling misinformation. And one example is a popular and misleading post on Instagram It wrongly claimed that the vaccines are the first in history to not prevent people from catching or spreading a virus, and that they only last for a few months. What are
5: the facts on that first part about this being the first vaccine in history to not prevent the
2: virus? That first part is completely false. No vaccine is 100% effective. That's the case for the flu vaccine, and it's also the case for the COVID-19 vaccines. On its website, the CDC says some fully vaccinated people will get sick. Some will even be hospitalized or die from COVID-19. And that vaccinated people with breakthrough infections can also spread the disease. But these are rare cases.
5: And aren't the vast majority of people who contract COVID-19
2: unvaccinated? That's correct. Studies show vaccinated people are eight times less likely to be infected and 25 times less likely to be hospitalized or die from COVID-19 than unvaccinated people. That's also according to the CDC. And those who are fully vaccinated and get one of these breakthrough cases are less likely to suffer a serious illness. What about the second part claiming the vaccines only last for months? It's still not clear how long the protection provided by the vaccines will last. Health officials are still debating whether everyone will need a booster shot. But this last part of the social media post is misleading because plenty of other vaccines require boosters. People are asked to take the flu vaccine every year and vaccines against hepatitis B, whooping cough, chickenpox, and measles all require multiple shots. Finally, PolitiFact
5: looked at the odds of a fully vaccinated person getting one of these breakthrough cases of COVID-19.
2: Tell us more about that. Yes, this comes from a New York Times analysis that PolitiFact has reported on. The Times found that the average vaccinated Americans' odds of getting a breakthrough infection are roughly one in 5,000 a day or one in 10,000 in highly vaccinated states. They use data on daily average COVID-19 cases in different parts of the country to arrive at these odds. Are there any additional sources that have looked at this? Yes. A recent CDC report includes data showing the odds of a breakthrough might be even lower at about one in 5,000 per week PolitiFact found all of these statistics have some limitations. For example, they don't take into account the undercounting of breakthrough infections, but they do show the vaccines are reducing infections and the overall risk of a breakthrough is low. Great to know about those
5: statistics. Thank you, as always, Chris. Thank you, Randall.
1: And that was Cap Radio's PolitiFact California reporter Chris Nichols speaking with anchor Randall White. Full versions of all fact checks are available at capradio.org politifact.